0: Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Acts chapter 4 verses 10 through 12. The capability of Jesus's resurrection to change a life. When Peter healed the man begging alms at the gate beautiful just outside the temple, he let everyone know that this man's life had been transformed by the power of the resurrected Jesus. This same Jesus has the capability of forgiving you, restoring you, and making you fully whole. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: Let me give you number four. As we finish out verse number 10, I want you to see that Jesus is the power longed for. Jesus is the power longed for. That poor man sat by that gate day after day after day, week after week after week, just begging for a few coins just something that would get him through the next day. Something that would provide him with one more meal. Something that would that just, just would take care of his needs as far as he knew. Never in his wildest imagination did he ever think about what he really needed. Never in his wildest imaginations would he ever think that he would gain more than he ever asked for. What he is longing for in his heart is to be made whole. To be made right. And he just doesn't know how to do that. And so look at what Peter says. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by Him, this man stands here before you whole. Whole. There was no other power on the face of the earth that was able to make him whole except the power of Jesus. There's no other power that he could look to, not to medicine, not to doctors, not to anything else. It was only Jesus that was able to give him what he really needs. Now this man, this man who sat there day after day after day, could have looked up at Peter that day and said, Hey man, I don't need that religious stuff. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need your preaching. I don't need your mumbo jumbo. You know, you just, you just go on in the temple. If you're not going to give me something, just go on in the temple. I don't need that. I need money. I need money to put food on my table. I need money to make it through the next day. What I really need is not your words. I need money. He could have said that, couldn't he? He could have said you know what? I think I'm good. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to sit here. I mean, they don't call this the gate beautiful for nothing. This is a pretty place. I think, I'm, I think I'm okay. I'm content. Sure, life could be better, but I'm fine. Just like I am, I think I'll stay right here. He could have said any of those things, wouldn't he? They get said all the time. There are a number of people who will say, listen... I know i got some needs in my life, but I don't need that religious mumbo-jumbo. I don't need you talking to me about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus, and I've said prayers, and I've done all that stuff, and that ain't changed me, and so I'm not interested. There'll be a number of people who say, Jesus ain't what I need. What I need are my bills paid. What I need is food on my table. What I need is my family put back together. What I need is whatever I perceive. Of course, there are a lot of people who say, you know what, I probably do need Jesus. I mean, truth be told, I probably do need him. But I'm pretty content, you know. I mean, life could be better for sure, but I think I like it right here just fine. That poor man would have missed out on everything, wouldn't he? He'd have missed out in this life, and he'd have missed out in the next And sadly, there are people who long for the power and who never receive it because they're never willing really to just yield themselves. I want to tell you something. Friday night in that park, I mean, we got 32 of those cards back, but there were far more than 32 people who raised their hand. I mean, it was neat being able to see all the lights, all the eggs kind of light up when the, when the, when the big lights went off, you know, and it suddenly got dark and the fields started glowing. I mean, that's, that's an amazing sight. But it ain't nearly as good as standing up on that platform, asking people to receive Jesus, and then asking them if they did, and if they did, to raise their hand. And as far as I can see to my right And as far as I could see to my left and everything right there in front of me are hands that are going up everywhere. Everywhere. It's the power of God to change a person's life. And it happened right there in front of us. It was the power of God that they longed for and didn't know that they even needed until somebody would go and tell them. Listen, our world is longing. For the power of transformation, and they don't know where to get it from until somebody goes and tells them, That's what we saw at Shirley Winston Park. That's what we saw at Britt David Park. That's what we should see in here, because the same spirit of God that swept through the park ought to sweep through the church. And when He does, not one person in here ought to be the same. <clears throat> yep? Jesus is the power longed for. Because he's the only one that can make you whole. Peter said, This man who stands here, he's standing before you whole because of Jesus. Let me tell you this you're not ever gonna be whole until Jesus is in your life. Never. I mean, you got a body. Your body might be in good shape, your body might be like mine, it might be breaking down, right? You got a soul. A soul that is alive. It's what gives you your personality. It's what what allows you to think. It's what what motivates you. It's it's who you really are. That might feel whole. It might feel broken. But it's just a part of you. But every person in this room was born with a spirit that the Bible says is dead in sins and trespasses. And until Jesus comes into your life, and He makes that alive again, you can never be whole. You can only be whole when when He quickens you, when He makes your spirit alive on the inside, and now you're able to become the very person that He created you to be in the first place. It's the power to forgive, the power to restore, the power to make whole. Let me give you another one. Let's move out of verse number 10 and move down into verse number 11. What you're going to find when you get to verse number 11 is a quote. That's why it's in italics, if that's how your Bible is. It's in italics because it's a quote from Psalm 118. There's also a prophetic reference that's being made back to Isaiah chapter 28. Listen to what he says. This is, he could easily say he is because he's talking about Jesus. He is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the cornerstone laid. He's the cornerstone laid. Now, we don't build buildings quite like they built buildings. So cornerstone might not mean quite as much to us. It might mean to that original audience as Peter's talking to them. The cornerstone was the starting point. It was the very first block, the very first rock, if you will, that's placed as you get ready to build a building. The cornerstone determines the size of your building. Cornerstone determines the design of your building. The cornerstone determines the stability of your building. Now, if that if that cornerstone is skewed somehow, the whole building's going to be a- skewed. If, if that, if that uh, cornerstone is somehow unbalanced, the whole building is going to be unbalanced. If, if the cornerstone is unsteady, the whole building is going to be unstable. It's so important to have the right cornerstone. And we may not build according to cornerstones, but we build according to foundations, don't we? It's the same idea, isn't it? If there's something wrong with your foundation at your house, something's wrong with your house. Anybody got those cracks that go from the floor all the way up to the ceiling? You know what's causing that, don't you? There's something going on in that foundation. You may have leaks places that you never had leaks before, because something's wrong with the foundation. Listen, in your life, if the foundation's messed up, if the foundation's not right, Things just cannot be made right in your life. That's why Jesus tells the parable. There were two men. They built houses. One built their house on the sand. One built their house on the rock. It's two different foundations, isn't it? When the wind came and the rain began to blow in, what happened to that house on the sand? It fell flat. And I bet you, you know some people whose lives have fallen flat. And the reality is is that they don't have the right foundation. There are other people that you know. They have that solid foundation. And they go through the same struggles, the same troubles, just like everybody else does. Same winds, same storms. But yet, there's something stable about their life. You know what that is? (laughs) It's Jesus. It's Jesus. If He's not the foundation of your life, if He is not the cornerstone, something's going to be missing in your building in the building of your life. But Jesus is the cornerstone that's laid, the perfect, the chief, he says, cornerstone. There's one more thing I want to tell you today. And that is, I want you to see in verse number 12 that Jesus is the way to life. He is the way to life. Look what he says in verse number 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, not any other, Not any other person, not any other program, not any other plan, not anything else. There's salvation in no other. He says, For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other, there's not a plan B. When John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, He's still the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When John the Revelator writes and says, He is the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, it means that before you were ever even thought of, before that world was ever even into existence, before He ever said, Let there be light, He already determined to send His Son as a sacrifice for you and for me. He's the only way. It's not, you know, these boys got baptized. There's some of you that have been baptized, but you ain't never been saved. Hello, amen or oh me. Right? Joining the church doesn't save you. We've got plenty of members whose names are on our roll, but whose names ain't in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hello. You know? Joining the church, coming down front, giving you money, being in attendance, doing all the things, whatever it is, none of that can bring you salvation. Not one, not the best intentions, not the best works. Hey, remember back when you're in school? You're in the hallway, you're talking to your friends, cutting up, goofing off, you know, suddenly the bell rings. <laughs> what do you do? You just start running, don't you? I better run, I'm gonna be late. Hey, you already late. <laughs> <laughs> the bell has rung listen, when it comes to your sin the bell's already rung and you can't unring it and you're not going to outrun it Jesus said I am the way the truth the life I am I am el camino la verdad y la vida no one comes to the Father, except through me. Nobody. Nobody. Not the best of us. Not your children, not your grandchildren. Not your mamas, not your grandmamas. Nobody comes to, comes to heaven unless they come to Jesus first. I want to tell you something. On the weekend that Jesus gave His life for you, there ain't a better weekend to give your life to Him. As we celebrate the day that Jesus rose from the dead, there ain't no better day than to have your spirit made alive again. Let me ask you this. Have you ever really asked Jesus to come to your heart, take away all your sins, and to really be the boss of your life? It's not about Him taking you to heaven when you die. It's about you yielding to Him right now. Have you really done that? A bunch of people did it Friday. You can do that today. May I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a moment. It may be that you know that that's something that you need to do. And so maybe you pray a prayer like this. Pray along with me if you want to. Dear God, you just address him directly. You're talking to him. You're not talking to me. You're not talking to your neighbor. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. (laughs) I never have to twist anybody's arm or convince anybody they're a sinner. It seems like we just know, don't we? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that my sins have separated me from you. The Bible says that our sins separate us. Separate us now and will separate us for forever. You could say this. Jesus, I don't want to be separated from you. (laughs) Either now or for forever. Jesus, I believe you love me. Do you know that? He does. Jesus, I believe you love me. Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross. Do you really believe that? Tell him. Jesus, I believe that you died for me on the cross. I believe that if I ask you to come into my heart and take away all my sins and forgive me, that you will do it. These boys today, that's what they said, wasn't it? I ask him. (laughs) Just just that simple. I ask him. And he took away my sins. He'll do that for you too. Jesus, help me to live a life It pleases you. Father, I want to pray for folks in this room today. People maybe even that are watching. They've never really asked you to come in their heart before, but as I prayed right then, they prayed. You know their heart. You know if they're willing to turn from their sin. You know if they've really placed their faith and their trust in you. Father, on the authority of your own word... I pray that your spirit has now come into their heart and quicker than I can snap my fingers, that you have transformed their life. Father, I pray that you would bless them today. I pray that you would strengthen them and encourage them. And let it be known today that I have given my heart to Jesus. Father, bless these moments. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Look up
0: This year at Britt David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at org. We are located at 2801 West Britt-David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt-David Podcast.